Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. So I was in the shower, I was cleaning my ass and making all the shirts all sparkly, spanky clean. I'm not the funny one, I'm the pretty one. Cock shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine, and then blue bottle. The glory holds like a, a like big theater. I imagine you're right. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Hello, all you sexy motherfuckers out there in podcast land. How you going? Wow, that was impressive. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the fastest you've talked in a while. Well, you know, I'm feeling feel like I can talk really fast tonight. Like, we can do the entire podcast and everybody has to slow down to at least 25% flow. The problem is that you can't... Oh, no, you can slow it down. Yeah. You, no, you, you can, can speed it up. You can't slow it down. Can you not... Yeah, no, no you can slow it down. No. You can because I've heard podcasts. Go to your app right now and tell, tell me if you can slow it down. All right, I'm going to the app. Let's you can see. speed it up. Um, you cannot slow it down. So podcast listeners are listening to me look at my podcasts. Uh, so yeah. one of my favorite podcasts, Lore. Uh-huh. Uh, we're starting it here. Because I tend to talk really fast, and I feel bad because you... There's one and a half. Can you slow it down? Half. Can you do half? Yeah. Really? You can also follow the show on Twitter. <laughs> Look, you, you should totally that. listen to Lore. Lore's a great podcast. Uh, we don't know who Aaron Minky is, but I'm sure he would love us if uh, he met us. The music on it is great. Listen to Lore. Uh, oh, interesting. Yeah, because I'm on No Such Thing as a Fish, and I yeah. mine automatically Another comes great up podcast. at one, one and a half, two, and, and then half. half. Yeah. But half is really slow. Like, if you do a .75... Well, the way I was talking earlier, it was like, do we, ah! <laughs> damn it, woman. Do we really have to have this discussion while recording? Yeah, it's uh, fun. <laughs> the people at home are going, motherfucker. Like, why do I even listen to this podcast? You listen to it because we're going to talk about boning. And you love us. And you love us. You should love us. Uh, coming up, we have, look, we're going to be in Radelaide in October. What, let's start quickly. Uh, back at the beginning. We're going to be... In Sydney uh-huh. <laughs> on the 20th of September for Pendulum 12. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a dozen of pendulums all in one night. We're going to be there. It's going to be great. Then on October 19th, we're going to be in Radelaide. Mm-hmm. Come on, Radelaide. Uh, so we're going to be in Radelaide at the uh, Rabbit Hole yes. for their second rainbow party. Yep. Pretty stoked for that. We had some misconnections last time. We're mm-hmm. going to fucking fix that. Yeah, we're going to make those connections this time. So you better yeah. be, you, you know who you are, you'd better be there. Yeah. Yeah. This is one way ticket to pound town. Uh, so yeah, we had some misconnections last time. Not going to happen again. And then Desire. Desire is November 2nd to 9th yeah. in Cancun, Mexico. And God. who doesn't want to go to Mexico? I know. It's yeah. less than two weeks, two months away. I, I wish it was less than two weeks away. Someday, Bradford. Someday. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, so not in the not-too-distant future, we will have the gentleman on where we'll be t- discussing a little more of our costumes and what we're planning on doing a bit. I'm also curious to get his take on what he expects because mm. he's heard all of our experiences. Yes. But, yeah, I'd be curious to hear what he thinks and what he anticipates. And It's pretty yeah. exciting because the, the rocket chat is getting a little... It's blowing up. Yeah, it's getting yeah. a little more exciting. Everybody, like, it's the, there's a tension. There's uh-huh. a tension, Angela. There's a tension. It's palpable. It's palpable. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's exciting. And then, uh, like I said, if you want to go on a cruise with us, we're going on a cruise. Yeah, we're like, going on a cruise. Just shoot us a message. We're going out of Sydney. It's not a swinger thing. It's, it's just a us thing. Yeah. And, you know, if you like cruises and you want to go from Sydney, then, you know, come with us. Yeah, come on. Yeah, We're, we're going for a nice, relaxing time. And, I mean, it's almost guaranteed we're going to hook up with somebody sometime. So, <laughs> we sound you know. We sound so slutty. But... Fuck you! It's our like that's our word. Slutty. It's, it's our holiday. It's what yeah, happens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, pretty excited. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, let's start. Ooh. I know, right? Where are we starting? At the beginning. Of time. In the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um. So last week, we talked about our porn on our television screensaver. Yes. Once again, I have it running. And the furry, yeah, furry porn? Yeah, the furry porn. So The furry comic porn. It's really funny. I, I want to talk very briefly about how I feel about furry porn. Okay. I really enjoy it. I actually have determined that I prefer furry cartoon porn over real-life human porn. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. Like, should I be worried? (laughs) Is that a problem? I don't think so. But I think that part of it... um, So, okay, this is going to be a little complex here. Please. So I don't really identify with an animalistic side of myself as you do. So for you, I assume that there's a bit of... You're getting in touch more with your animalistic side. and, And that's kind of projecting into the porn. It's you know, speaking to that side of you. I don't have that. But at the same time, I still very much like the furry porn. But I think for me, it's because it is different enough than regular porn, than regular life. So there's that bit of a disconnect. And so it's a... Because sometimes I would say with, with I'm going to say, quote unquote, regular porn, with, you know, humans in porn... Me being me and how I think about things, I'm very much like, well, that would never happen, or that's not how that works, or da da da. And I'm overthinking it, and I'm looking at the the logistics and the particulars and things like that. But with furry porn, I turn that off, and I just simply sit here and enjoy it for what it is. And so there's that disconnect from reality. But at the same time, I very much prefer um, the animated furry porn as opposed to, we've seen some that was a bit more kind of realistic style. Actual furries. Yeah. Like people yeah. in mascot and, and full fur costume. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like that as much. I, I like, like the animated better. I'm not as big a fan of that as I am the either the graphic novel mm. version or the uh, image stills or the cartoon version. Yeah. Like I like that, but I want it to have sounds. Yes. Like true sex Sound sounds. is very important to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I because know, we've seen some that when we've tried to look for furry porn and stuff online, and some of it doesn't really have sound, and yeah. that just doesn't – I need the sound. Or if it's just music. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting, though. 
It's funny. I guess I feel guilty looking at it and being turned on by it. Why? Which I don't know because I think well, there's because I th- I guess because there's something innately innocent about animation. So is it the animation or is it? It's partially the animation. It's partially that whole the, furry. the fact that they're anthropomorphic. Yeah. Animals, you know, like there's, I, I feel like I should be ashamed of looking at it mm. kind of thing. Mm. And even worse, you know, when you're turned on by it, that's even, you know, oh, that's even worse. Not only are you looking at it, but you're, yeah, on you're by aroused it. by yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's really hard. It's a very difficult place for me because mm. I do really enjoy it. And it's something like, I'm one of those that I would like to have furry art in the apartment, like mm. full, Furry art, you know, like porn, beautiful art, which is hard to find. It but, is. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's something that I, I do really appreciate. And just touching on what you said is that, that touching into that animalistic side, I do look at it and put myself into mm-hmm. it. I think a mm-hmm. lot of people, I think that's sort of a point of porn is that we watch porn and we put ourselves in that position. And when I look at typical human porn, I have a very hard time putting myself yes, into those positions. Agreed. I yeah. never, like you said, I never feel like it's natural or I never feel like, like I don't look those like those guys, but tops or bottoms mm-hmm. or in any kind of situation with women, I, I, I never look like those people. So it's hard for me to, it, it's the equivalent of watching like the Terminator and, and, Feeling like, oh, I could be a Terminator. <laughs> you, you don't identify with no, it. No, there's no yeah. way it would happen. Mm-hmm. But when I look at furry porn, I'm like, you know, I'm not that different body shape wise mm-hmm. than a lot of the creatures, mm-hmm. the, 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 the personas in, in furry porn. And I think that's one of the things I like about it is like, for me, it's like, all right, yeah, I can sort of see myself there. Yeah. Um, I think that's important, though, is to to be able to identify with that. And I don't think there's anything to be ashamed of in looking at furry porn. I still struggle because with it. ultimately, it's it's no, it's not fundamentally different than any other kind of porn. It's just, you know, these characters may have a little more fur on them. They may have a tail, <laughs> but ultimately, what it comes down to is we all look different. Yeah. And what I do really like about a lot of furry porn is that. It will encompass multiple animal species yeah. amongst it. It's not typically like all one species throughout the entire thing. There's usually introduction of multiple species. And that's kind of hot too, because you do have then the variety and the variation and it's nice to have that. It's also really interesting that a lot of furry porn is both, like you said, species nonspecific, mm-hmm. but gender nonspecific. Yeah. Like yeah. you'll see male identifying characters, female identifying characters, and and trans characters mm-hmm. as well, all playing together. And there's something really nice about that that I really enjoy that yeah. you don't see in a traditional – it's not mainstream porn. Right. Uh, yeah, which I guess that's what it, it comes mm-hmm. down to is that mm-hmm. furry porn is not mainstream porn, which, you know. Yeah. I still love it, though. So uh, yeah. a few weeks ago now, we had a – like occasionally we'll do a thing where I'll I'll go into that sort of pet headspace. Yes. And a few weeks ago, you we I was lounging on on our big bean bag, which we call Grimace. Mm-hmm. And you came up and said, "Do you want collar time?" And without thinking, I said, 
Yes. Yeah. And it is one of those things that, so when you go into, when you are collared, you go into just immediate subspace and you go into, you go into Fox mode and it's just a completely different headspace for you. And leading up to this, I could tell you needed it. Uh, there was, for lack of a better way to put it, which is probably not the best way, but there was some anxiety. There was some, um, just un- not uncomfortableness, but there was just, I could tell that you just needed, Tension. there was a lot going on in your head and you just needed to empty it. Yeah. And that's kind of the quickest, the best, most secure way to do that is to have some color time. And just to explain to people, like, um, f- at least for folks who haven't, listen to the podcast from the beginning. Yeah. So for me, I am, I like pet play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I very much identify as a fox. What does that mean? I think really that it's one of those things. A fox is the perfect blend of a puppy and a, and a kitten. Mm-hmm. Um, or I guess a dog and a cat, uh, where you, for me, I like being pets, getting pets. I like being behaved, but, I'm also mischievous. Yeah, and yeah. I, and I can be really aggressive, mm-hmm. and uh, and pushing boundaries and things like that. And if it was, it's one of those things that when you talk about going into subspace, like if you're not in the kink community and you don't understand what dom space and subspace is, <laughs> for many people, subspace is that sort of the. I'm going to say that almost emptiness of your head where if you can imagine a time when you really are literally thinking about nothing, you're, you know, uh, I think one way to get to that is um, when I was a kid, uh, bear with me, when I was a kid uh, doing piano lessons, a metronome, mm-hmm. it's that constant click, 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 click at a very you know, uh, a, a very consistent beat. I remember sitting at the piano and just sort of days, you know, like, like stopping playing, but hearing that metronome over and over and over and that lost place you get to because all you can think about is that next beat. Mm. So subspace is that. And for a lot of folks, subspace comes from either the metronomic beat of maybe impact play or for me, like Angela said, mm-hmm. it's the collar. So once I put a collar on, I almost immediately go into subspace. It's, yeah. And I guess it's a hypnosis of sorts. I, I guess yeah. that's what it is. Like over the few years that we've been playing like this, me putting the the collar on. It's very symbolic yeah. because we don't generally do any kind of pet play unless you have the collar on. Correct. And... And, and once that collar is on, you know that I'm in control and I'm not going to let anything happen to you. So yeah. you kind of relinquish all of that and just trust that I'm going to take care of you. And it's great. There's yeah. no, I don't think there's a feeling like that. And I wish that, you know, I wish for people to be able to feel that, that, that stupid trust. It's that, like, like you said, I know mm-hmm. that, like, and just like hypnosis, you are, I mean, like, you couldn't make me do something I wouldn't right, normally right. do. But at the same time, I am extremely suggestible, and I'm not quite myself, mm. if that makes sense. I love it. Like, for me, it is one of those things that it is very much that necessary um 
therapy, like mental yeah, therapy yeah. that I need on occasion. And what I also love about it is like you just sort of see that in me and like this boy's fucked up. We got to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> and so you, you came to me and said, do you want the, some collar time? And I immediately value me thinking, I say, yes, you go and get the collar and put it on. And immediately like it's a, it's an odd sensation that I have trouble really talking about in that I don't have the words. Cause I don't really, rem- I remember a lot of things, but at the same time, I don't. Does that make sense? Yeah. And also you're the kind of pet that is nonverbal. So some, True. some do still talk and interact and that kind of things. And you do interact, but, but you don't talk. And so go ahead, pour your wine. <laughs> Pour your wine. It's not peeing. <laughs> Promise. So you're, you're very nonverbal and. Which is so rare for me. Yeah. I know, like even the people, people at home are going, I'm sorry. He's what? <laughs> but I think that's part of what works for you is because it lets you just kind of go to a place where there's no expectation that you have to say anything, that you need to talk, that you need to entertain, that anything needs to happen. You just have to exist. And so yeah, we put the collar on and immediately you're just, it's, it's almost like you shut down, but you don't, you're not really shut down. You're, you're still cognizant. You're still with it. And you're still obviously seeing what's happening and, and interactive with what's happening, but you, you don't talk anymore. And so it is, you know, I make decisions and I tell you what to do. And sometimes I'll give you a choice because we had talked about prior to this, you've been doing a lot of writing of, of some plays and some pieces and things like that. And we had talked about could you write while you're colored? What would that look like? Like, if you could, what would come out? And would it be similar? Would it be different? We just didn't know. And so this time, I even offered you the notepad at some point, and you just were like, no, no, no. Like, you just couldn't. Didn't It didn't seem like you could really do that at the moment. It's really interesting because, you know, even when you just said it now, part of me is like, oh, I would love to try it. Mm -hmm. It's funny. It's It's one of those, like, the idea, I love the idea of writing while collared, mm-hmm. but the others, uh, there's a lot of things I love the idea of. It, it's funny because I feel like it's, it's like the idea of having sex while driving a car. Mm-hmm. Like the idea is great. And it's like, there's something that really is arousing about the idea. But when you're actually doing it, there's a lot of things that can really, you have no control over and yeah. that you're like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm, I could go wrong. Well, sex while driving yeah. a car. Yes. But like, I honestly don't think that I don't think I could write, could write collared. I like mm-hmm. the idea of it mm-hmm. and maybe someday we'll give it a go. But the, the equivalent, you know, talking, you talking about me putting the collar on the equivalent, I think is somewhere between Taking off a coat and putting on a coat, if that makes sense. You know, so you're taking off this coat of reality. So knowing that, that you're going to take care of me, knowing that you're going to make decisions for me, knowing that you won't let me come to harm, there is something really amazing to have that kind of trust in another human being. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I'm putting this coat on of, I am now something else. I'm someone else. I'm something else. And, and for me, there's, there's, it's extremely relaxing. It's, it's an amazing feeling. It It also gives you a bit of permission to go kind of back to base with those very animalistic needs and feelings. And, and there's no, there's no, um, how can I say this? There's no pretense that you need to put a cover on it, that you need to pretend that you need to, 
pretty it up or make it look different in order to make it socially acceptable. You can just simply act upon those needs and display those needs and wants and, and that's okay. Like, does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So it, so I was, I was just trying to find there's, um, I don't know if you know Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. yeah. So when I was first starting to go to therapy, you know, the, the therapist was talking about Maslow and his hierarchy of needs Mm -hmm. and, Basically, what what that is for for people. If you don't know what that is, I'll, I'll go quick over it. Um, so you've got your basic needs, which are the first two layers of the pyramid. So the widest part of this pyramid, which are physiological needs and safety needs. You have then the physiological needs, which are. Um, you said physiological twice. I know. I okay. Know. Okay. It's, so the basic needs. Uh huh. Are safety needs and physiological needs. So the bottom layer of the par- of the pyramid are physiological needs. What do you need to survive as a human? Like food, water, food, et water, warmth, rest. Right. Uh, sex often falls into that. It's mm-hmm. what we need as humans to survive. Yep. Then the next level up is safety needs, security, and safety. Then the next section is called. I'm said. You're right. I fucked up and said physiological, psychological. Ah, needs. there we go. Ah, okay. See, yeah. English is hard for Bradford. Um, which are the next layer is belongingness and love needs, mm-hmm. which is intimate relationships and friends. Above that is esteem needs, prestige, and feeling of accomplishments. And then at the top, it's self fulfillment needs or self actualization, achieving one's full potential, including creative activities. So creativity, spontaneity, exactly, problem solving, stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. And so for me. When I'm in that sort of fox mode, I'm guaranteed, because you are going to provide it, mm-hmm. the base. The yeah. two base, actually. I get that um, that physiological and safety needs. Mm-hmm. I know you are covering those for me. I don't have to worry about those. And I think that's something that we don't, as humans, realize that we do that. But we're constantly worried about those things. We're constantly thinking about... Yeah. It's my, you know, it's hot. It's cold. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I need to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. I want to fuck that person. Mm-hmm. Or when walking down a street, am I safe? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when driving, you know, are we safe? You know, you're constantly thinking about and that. And I think we take for granted the fact that, that there can be a place or a time, then that doesn't matter. Because even when we don't realize it, it's still there in the back of your mind. There's always something going on about that. Well, even when you're with your partner at home yeah. and you're like, you, we often, I say we, I'm excluding you and I, I guess we do it in, in the real world, but we're always worried about what other people are going to think about us, mm-hmm. which sort of mm-hmm. falls into then the belongingness, the safety. next level. Well, I was going to say, and even safety. Safety and the belongingness. Pending. yeah. You know, so when I'm in fox mode, I get the physiological needs, the safety needs, and that belongingness and love. Mm-hmm. That's granted. I don't even have to think about it. It's free. And I think that's something, there's something really amazing about that. Mm. And then... The esteem needs and the self-actualization. So that prestige and feeling of accomplishment. I'm a fox. I don't fucking need that. (laughs) I don't need prestige. I don't need a feeling of accomplishment. I just need to exist. Uh, And I think that's something that we do without even thinking about it. We look at animals. Let's come back to that because I will argue, but we'll come back to why later. Okay. Um, You know, you look at our pets and we love our pets because all they do is love. Mm -hmm. They exist. They don't need 
esteem. They don't need prestige. And then the self-actualization, self-actualization, I think, again, we look at our pets and we're jealous of them because they have that. Mm-hmm. Because because they're gifted all the base needs below it. They they are. And so when I'm in when I'm collared, I have that. Mm-hmm. It's the closest I feel like I ever am to that self-actualization, the, to the top of that pyramid. And it's something that for me is is it's a gift. Yeah. And and when you're willing you, Angela, are willing to give that to me, it is such a wonderful experience. Even if it's just for an hour or two. Yeah. It's amazing. So how are you going to how are you going to argue? Well, I was going to argue on the esteem part um and the you know, kind of the self-esteem and achievement and confidence and that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Especially the achievement part because as you were collared we kind of cuddled for a bit on Grimace uh-huh. and you were nuzzling and yeah, we were just kind of just, yeah, just existing and just being there and, and in that space together. So yeah, we moved back to the bedroom and we'll talk about the specifics, but ultimately we did end up having sex and you were still collared. So you're very animalistic. And so do you not get a sense of achievement out of that? No. Like what does... All right. It's weird. All right. I know. Um, so we never have sex when I'm collared. This was the first this time was we the had first time. ever had sex yeah. when I was collared. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this is going to be weird. Feel like feels like therapy just talking about it. <laughs> um, in a I can't explain it sort of way. I and I I can accept people not believing this, and that's fine. Believe what you want. But when I'm when I was collared that time, my senses were like at a million percent. Like they were in overdrive. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was at the same time. I was hyper, super relaxed and hypersensitive. Is it because one of those things where when you take a sense away or when you take something away, then the others become heightened? Because we took away, you know, your. I mean, ultimately, not not necessarily, but basically your ability to vocalize and, and to express yourself in that way. So then does that make your other senses heightened? Or is it your headspace alone that does that? I can't explain it. I really mm-hmm. can't. Um, but I know that you were sitting on Grimace reading. And I was laying, I was on the floor, but laying with my head in your lap. Yeah. All I could smell was you. Like, you're every and it smelled it was intoxicating like like i could smell like and parts of you smell differently like mm-hmm. your your calves were like it, it's just it's bizarre and i can't explain it myself but your calves smell different from your thighs i of course drawn to your pussy like like the smell was like like honey like ambrosia like all i ever wanted was that scent and there in the beginning, even collared, there was a bit of shame in that. Like, I want to stick my nose in your crotch and just breathe. That's all I want to do. That's really, there was no, it was nothing sexual about yeah. it. It was just like, I just want to smell you. And at some okay point, about 10 minutes into that, I lost that shame. That was like, there was, there was no more like that realistic, like whatever stuff in my head. It was just me, you and your scent. And yeah, it was weird. And I don't know how to explain it. 
but you know, I would hear things. I would be focusing on your scent, and then I would hear things. And like, you're hearing, I will take say, me out of the world. Yeah. And I don't have good hearing. I think we all know that. But I was half deaf. I, I am half. But deaf, your hearing was heightened, which is yeah. weird. Uh, we'll come to that in a moment. Mm. Proof of that in a moment. But all I is like, you're just this thin piece of fabric that was in between us mm-hmm. was too much. It was blocking your scent. All I yeah. wanted to do was because I had you. on lounging clothes, yeah. but no underwear. Yeah. And so it was just a thin pair of pants, yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't smell you. Like, mm. like things that I'm not attracted to. Your armpits. I am mm. not. A, I love you, baby. I love <laughs> you. I'm not attracted to your armpits. Yeah. But I remember, like, your scent was small, was stronger there. So I was mm. trying to cram my nose into your armpits, which weird. Like I can look back at it now and think it's weird. And I will say that I know that that's not really a thing. You know, you're because we have had partners in the past who are really into Variophilia, varalophilia. No, like. not that one. Oh, okay, but anyway. we have had partners in the past who are really into armpits, and that's okay. But I know it's not your thing. So at first, I was a little self conscious because I was like, "Well, that's not his thing. What's he doing?" And then I was kind of like, "You know what? Whatever. If he wants to do it, go for it." Because <laughs> I know it's not my thing, but yeah. like the, your smell was my thing at that yeah. point, and you know your neck somewhere between. You your your shoulder blade in your ears was like I could just like that, that's the neck, babe. Yeah, but that part of your neck, not like under your chin. Oh, like, I see the side your, of the neck. Yeah, under yeah. your chin and that soft spot. That, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. like I wasn't interested in that at all because that wasn't interesting. But like between your ear and your shoulder, like that was what was interesting. And for me, it wasn't just then smelling you. It was I could rub against that, and that was smelling me, mm. which I never smell me. Which I think is normal. Aren't we, don't we normally not smell ourselves? Anyway, it was weird. The whole, ex- I look back on it now and I think that was a strange experience. Mm-hmm. But like I said, all I could focus on was your smell. And then I kept trying to get your, your pants off. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I couldn't use my fingers. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's, yeah. I don't understand that. It doesn't make sense. Let's, let's just admit it. It doesn't make sense. But I was trying to claw at mm-hmm. your pants to get them off. Um, then I was trying to bite at your pants and then I started f- focusing on chewing your drawstrings, which was weird, but it was really comforting. It was really cute though. It was comforting just to chew your drawstrings. <laughs> it was really cute. Yeah. I don't understand. I don't understand it, but, uh, it was great. And I will say that as, as this was all going on, so I, like you said, I was kind of reading at first and then as you know, you were kind of going along and you were nuzzling and you were kind of rubbing along, kind of like just rubbing your cheeks and your head everywhere and whatever and like started gnawing at the drawstrings and whatnot. Of course, I put my Kindle down and, and it was, and it was interesting because I would then kind of petting you and, and rubbing your head and that kind of thing. But then you had this lovely erection and, and it was like, I kind of like this. But I didn't just want to pounce on you and have sex with you. It's like I just wanted to feel that against me. Mm. And and it could be against my leg. Yeah. It could be against my inner thigh. It could be wherever. It didn't matter. It's like I just wanted to feel that on me. And I think at some point you were kind of laying on me and nuzzling in my mm. neck. And so then I could feel it like on, you know, my, my stomach, kind of lower stomach area. And and for me, I just I just wanted to feel you, your skin, your scent, and to feel that erection, but not do anything with it. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was just kind of nice to have just that. It was, yeah. Cause I remember that as well. Cause you had me mm. climb up on top of you, which was hard for me to like balance. Cause yeah. I'm like, I'm typically not, I'm typically not a sexual creature. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. When I'm collared. Mm. Uh and this was trying something different. We hadn't was, done it before. It was weird. Yeah, I loved yeah. it, but like my problem was when I was on top of you, all I could get was your neck, yeah. which there was too much of me on that. And I was like, I want to smell you. Mm. Um, so that was my issue with that. And so at some point you, we, we laid there for a while on Grimace and you mm. were like, do you want to go back to the bedroom? And like, that was the close I've, closest I've ever come to speaking because you immediately would just like started nodding yeah. and you were just like, yeah. yes, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Like if you could have talked, it would have been like, yep, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, I mean, yep. it really was, but I, and I couldn't speak. I couldn't, yeah. oh. but I could tell it was what you wanted. It's what I wanted, but we hadn't had sex colored before. So I wanted to make sure that yeah. it was going to be okay. And it was just like, yeah. And again, it's, it's taking away those, taking away all of those questions and problem levels of maslow's pyramid yeah. uh and and focusing on the in this case taking away all the top stuff taking away all that desire for self-actualization taking away all the 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 need for safety and security whatever um and all the psychological needs mm. and focusing only on your base needs like i don't think we as humans we rarely allow ourselves to do that yeah fair like, enough and it, it goes back to, you know, we've talked about before that we don't allow each other to play mm. as humans. Um, once we get as, or I should say as an adult humans, we don't allow each other to play. And this was one of those, all I had to focus on was my base needs. Mm. And that, that time, my only base need was fucking. That was, that was it. And so we got back to the bedroom. I don't remember taking my clothes off. I don't remember any of that shit. All I remember next was having my nose so firmly into your pussy. Like, that's all I was focusing on. Like, and just sent, taking in that scent and like rubbing my face in your crotch. And it was, it was amazing. Like, so, so your clothes didn't come off immediately. It wasn't long, but it wasn't I guess immediate. I was just focused on, yeah. on you. But I will say that when you were going down on me, it was different than normal in that it was, for lack of a better way to describe it, I'll say it was more animalistic and that you had broader strokes with your tongue. There was more Weird. saliva. There was more, it was just, you were, you were ferociously going at it, but you do that sometimes, <laughs> but it was much more, I'm doing this for me, not yeah. as much for you. And, but it was, I don't know. There were, like I said, it was just, it was wetter. There was more slime. Now, admittedly, I was very wet at this you point. You were very wet. Yeah, but yeah, it was, 
like I said, there was just a lot more, there was more tongue. You were licking wider, around, deeper, longer. It was a different pattern than what you normally do. I found that fascinating. Like, yeah. Again, and I, I mean, it felt great. I, I loved know. It. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> yeah, complaining. You know, it's like I'm, I'm thinking back, and I know it was for me. Mm-hmm. And like, it, that's the thing. I think that was the difference. It's like typically when I go down on you, my goal is you. Mm. Like, I want you to enjoy it. I want you to come, and I know what makes you come. And I, and I'm thinking that like this was just for me. Mm. Like, all I wanted again was your taste. There was something. You know, I, I love your taste. Period. But like. That's what I wanted. And I also remember, like, typically I'll, I'll be a little more, mm, trying to come up with the right word, not gentle, but I'll be a little more cautious about going to your ass. Mm. I didn't even like, oh, sometimes I'll even be nice enough to ask if I may, (laughs) if I may eat your ass. There was, I just remember the next thing I really remember was having my tongue as far into your ass as I could possibly get it. Because like, again, it was that smell and that taste, which I I can't explain. I really can't explain it. Mm. And I wish I could, but the, the overall was for me one of those even though I am not 100% clear as to mm. what happened, even though I was 100% sober, mm. uh, it was one of my favorite experiences that we've had in the past six months in that I was, a, I was permitted to be completely animalistic and raw and do basically what I wanted. You were, you were just a, a willing receptacle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I will say that once we started playing, you were very animalistic. You were very good. There was this, this need, this urgency. I'll say urgency is kind of how it felt in that. Yes, you needed to go down on me. You needed to have your face there. You need to have your nose there. You needed to be doing this. But even later when I pulled you up, like there was, and then you were kind of nuzzling me again. And then, you know, even after you went inside me, it was just, there was just this urgency to it and it was very raw and it was very grr and and even at that point i was a lot more directive with you and i treated you much more like a pet mm. than i normally do during sex and and yeah it was just it was very different but it was it was really it was nice it was very different it yeah. was really different and like like I, I vaguely remember the sex like some of it's clear and some yeah. of it's not but you know, it's funny because I, I like, it's like typically, this is going to be sound a, a bit of a tangent, but typically like when I wear a cock ring, I'm extremely engorged. Mm. Like it's like because of gang of blood, mm. I felt like I was cock ring engorged and without wearing a cock ring. Agreed. And that is really, mm. I'm that turned on. And I think for me as well, part of what really did it for me and really turned me on a lot more was that. I didn't really see you as a sexual object per se, but it was just that intensity between us. And it was just kind of feeling that, taking advantage of that and that closeness in the, just the skin to skin, the urgency, the need, and just all of that kind of feeding in Mm. just really heightened the sexual tension, I would say. So to add on to that, you are the first partner I've I had ever had 
and I'm, there's a limited number of partners that I can say I have this with, that there is one of those actual electricities. And I think we've talked about this mm. on the podcast before. Like, I remember the partner I had before you, when I would touch him, there was an electrical spark. Mm. Uh, you and I have had that as well. Like, I, like I touch you and I, I feel that there's a spark. But realistically, once we start having sex, sometimes that spark gets insulated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's insulated by our own insecurities. It's insulated by our, um, you know, our needs to make sure the other person is happy. It's like, and that's what happens with that spark yeah. is it's, it's still there. But unfortunately for a lot of our relationships, we only get that spark on those peripheral touches. In this case, like it was like the wires were stripped bare and yeah. all we were were spark. Mm. And there, there's that intensity and such a, you know, there's so much for me, there's so much positive to knowing that that spark is, it's a tangible thing. Like yeah. it exists. It's still there after, you know, seven years of fucking, like there's still that absolute raw, it, it's clear that it's chemical. Mm. There's something there, which is great. I love it. And, and, you know, I'll admit that part of me feels a bit guilty that in order for us to feel that true raw electrical thing, I have to both be in subspace and be in some sort of animal headspace. But I think it's because we strip away all of the expectations and everything that's going on in the world and we allow ourselves to just exist in the moment. And that's very rare. Because usually there are external pressures. If we're out somewhere, if there's other people around, if we're, even if we're at home, there's always pressures going on as to time of day. How do you feel? What do we need to do after this? What's going on? You know, and, and there's always, there's always something. And just to be able to allow ourselves to strip that away and just, I'm here in this moment with you and literally nothing else matters. Yeah. That doesn't happen very often. It's, and it's a shame. Like, it is a shame. Like, I feel like we as a society, um, and definitely us as, as a couple, we should fight for that. We should try to do that. It sucks that we have to, um, we have to set up specific parameters in which to feel that way. Um, Mm. now I will say secondarily, it is extremely fortunate that we actually feel that way for one another. Yeah. Uh, you know, because I, you know, I know a lot of people out there don't have that luxury, mm-hmm. but it's, um, the sex was fucking. It was intense. Amazing. Yeah. And it wasn't short lived. I, I mean, I think from the, t- I think I was collared for two and a half hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think for an hour of that, probably I was either going between, I was, yeah, my mouth was on one of your orifices. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, yum. So going back to something you said earlier, sure. um, you were talking about your senses being heightened. Oh, yes. And, that's, yes, yes. And this was one of those weird things for me is that we were back in the bedroom playing. And admittedly, the gentleman was going to be coming over at some point. We knew that. Yeah. We didn't know exactly when. And so we were back in the bedroom, which is at the back of the apartment. My phone was on the couch in the living room at the front of the apartment. On silent. It was on silent. So it always, it'll vibrate for texts, but that's really it. And 
I mean, our place isn't huge, but it's still far enough away. And so, yeah, we were back in the bedroom playing on the bed. My phone vibrated when he texted to say he was on his way. I didn't hear it because it's on fucking silent. And sure, it vibrated, but it's on the couch in the living room and we're back in the bedroom. It just, I didn't hear it whatsoever. And you just all of a sudden... like And arguably, I think at that time I had my mouth either on your ass or on your pussy and your thighs were clamped around my head. Yeah. And, And all of a sudden you just like perked up, you looked up like something was wrong and and you were just like looking at the door and i was like did you hear something and you nodded and i was like oh, okay and i'm thinking like is is he here like did he open the door cuz i didn't hear the door and so i'm just trying to like put together what could be <laughs> happening and i walk out here and you know nobody's here all right fine so i checked my phone sure enough there's a fucking text and i was like are you serious how the fuck did you hear that <laughs> cuz like i would have never heard my phone vibrate yeah. on the couch from the other end of the apartment i, I don't understand it either i mean it's no. like and again i I sometimes wonder if I'm going deaf. Like, I'm getting <laughs> to that age where my hearing's starting to not be as, you know, I'm, I'm losing the upper registers. But yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. that because I remember hearing it and like, like, we need to, this is something we need to take care of. Yeah. Both of our phones were in the living room. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was weird. That, that was really weird because yeah, your phone didn't ding either. Yours was on vibrate and yeah. it was just, I have no idea how you heard that because I sure as hell didn't. But yeah. But again, like it's it's I I don't know. I don't know how to explain it other than I honestly feel like I become something different. Yeah. I'm not me anymore. Yeah. Uh you're a different you. You're still you, but you're a different fair enough. you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's great though. I mean I love it. It's like that's I think sometimes like I look back on it and I think a lot in a lot of ways it's the me I want to be. Mm. You're no longer the, you know, that you're no longer dealing with the ego or the super ego. It's just id. Mm. And I mean, there's something wonderful about that. There's something really great about, um, letting go of everything. And at least in that kind of situation, letting go of everything and being that animal that you really want to be and, and hope you are. Mm. You know, because I think that there's something, maybe something we always think about is like, oh, I want to, you know, he's an animal in bed or she's an animal in bed. And and we want to be that. But when you're thinking about being an animal in bed, you're less likely to be an animal mm-hmm. in bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe a domesticated animal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but there was, it was great. It was, for me, it was great. The sex was intense. I, I Like, I have... Oddly, flashes only of the orgasm, Uh but it was enough that it was like, whoa. And then I remember you kind of slowly taking the collar off of me. And I think then I passed out until the gentleman actually did get there. You did. You passed out and took a nap for probably a good 30 minutes or so. And I woke up with him looking over me going, hey, buddy. (laughs) Yeah, because he came. So he rang the apartment. So the intercom phone rang. Which is pretty loud. Yeah. You didn't wake up. I don't even, I don't remember any of that. No. And so that happened twice and you didn't wake up, which I was like, oh, for sure he'll wake up when the phone rings and you didn't. And so yeah, he came in and I was like, oh, he's, he's still back in the bedroom. And, and so yeah, he came in. And it wasn't like I'm back in the bedroom under the covers. I am sprawled naked, (laughs) like spread eagle on the bed. Um, yeah. 
But I kind of woke up to him, like, kind of cuddling. I think he was stroking my chest. And I was like, oh, hey. <laughs> but, of course, your my voice is kind of crackly because I haven't spoken in mm-hmm. two and a half hours. Uh, yeah. I do think, though, that it's it was such a good time for you to be able to let go and just be and just kind of go to that headspace where – you know, nothing matters. All the, the thoughts, the anxieties, the whatever is going on in your head, all of that goes away. You can just kind of be there and you can exist. And for me, there's, it's nice as well because I am, I'm going to say forced, probably not the best word, but I'm forced to take care of you. And so I am, I'm there to look after you and I'm there to just, to, to be part of your world and to make sure that you're okay, which for us on a weekend around the apartment, I'm often up doing stuff, whether it's it's picking up, whether it's cleaning, whether it's doing whatever needs to happen, just all the house stuff, work stuff, things that need to get done. And it's rare for me to sit down and and to really relax and be and just do nothing as well. And But when you were collared, it forced me to do that. And so I did pull out my Kindle and I started to read, which is something that I typically only do before bed. Yeah. And so it was like, all right, well, I'm going to sit here and I need to take care of you. And what am I going to do while that happens? I'm either watching TV, which you know, I didn't really want to do, or I'm going to be reading. And so, yeah, I pulled it up. And so it was kind of a nice time for me as well to have some downtime, to kind of relax a bit, to take care of you. And and at the same time, even though I'm reading, I'm still very focused on you and what is it that you need and what are your reactions. And, and I think that's kind of where that tension built from and, and what ended up leading to sex while you were collared, which is the first time we've done that. And, and that was part of why I actually asked you if you wanted to go back to the bedroom because we hadn't done that before. <laughs> and I didn't know, I was like, you know, I really want this, but is this going to be good for you or is that something you don't want to do while you're collared? It was very good for me. And it's something that I want to do again while I'm collared. Yeah. Uh, Definitely make that very clear. Uh, I will say, I feel there is a bit of guilt though. Why? With you saying that you're forced. I know what you mean. It's not forced. It's It's not not necessarily required. I was trying to come up with a synonym. It's not forced. I mean, it, it is and it isn't because for me, I have a problem of I don't relax well. True. That's very, very true. I do not sit down. I do not relax well. It's it's really hard to get me to let things go. Even when we watch a movie, she's playing games. She's playing Risk and dominating the world while we're watching a movie. It's adorable, but sometimes you want to smack her. (laughs) Now, admittedly, uh, when we were watching a movie tonight, I did set it down for a while. For a while. Um, Yeah. But it's... It is hard for me to just kind of let go of things and, and not be doing something else. And, and so, but I need that and it's good. And it's, it's good that we have these times that that can happen. And, and yes, it's forced, but at the same time, I think it benefits both of us. Yeah. In that, you know, we're, we're both kind of put into these positions and, and able to do things that we really need, but otherwise don't ask for, we don't make happen. So. And this is me, admittedly, not even understanding myself. Do you not have a that desire to sort of tap into a more animalistic you and sort of ask yourself that question, if I weren't me, who would I be? I don't know. Fair enough. I, I can accept um, that. I will say that 
This was probably the closest that I felt to animalistic, just in the fact that I didn't necessarily... It wasn't immediate that I was like, ooh, I want to have sex with you. It was, I want to feel you. I want to smell you. I want to, I want to feel your skin against mine. I want to feel your erection. I want to feel your body against mm-hmm. mine. As opposed to, I just want to have sex with you. Or I want to go down on you. Cause oftentimes I want to taste you. I want to feel you in my hands. Cause I love hand jobs. I love, you know, going down on you and giving you a blowjob. I enjoy that as well, by the way. <laughs> Thank you very much. I enjoy that, yes. Yeah. But this was very much of a different, I want to just, I really want to feel your whole body against yeah. mine. And and so it was different. But that, I would say, is the closest that I've really had to that animalistic side. But honestly, never have I asked myself, if I wasn't me, what would I be? Except admittedly, when we were thinking about desire costumes for the heavy petting zoo night, I did think if I wasn't, you know, if I were an yeah. animal, what would I be? And I can't come up with something. So you don't have an answer? No. No. Yeah. And and it's not something that I've ever, in seriousness, really asked myself, like, if I were to be an animal, what kind of animal would I be? Um, As far as, like, a fursona goes. And I, I don't know. Um, I will say that the only other time I've been kind of um faced with that question in life was at a job interview when oh I my God, had, I, love, I love where this is going. No, I had a boss uh, who ended up being someone who ended up being my boss. They did end up hiring me, but <laughs> at a job interview he asked if you could be an animal, what would you be? And I mean, admittedly for me, just because it's it's the dominant animal that I've had most of my life, I said a bird because oh, there's a scorpion. No. <laughs> Because I want to hold you down and sting the <laughs> fuck out of you. No, but but I've had a lot of I've had a lot of animals over my life, but I've yeah. had a lot of birds, yeah. and they're very interactive, they're very personable, they're really smart, they're very intelligent, and I was and so that was just the first thing that came to me. But like, do I feel like a bird? No, I would say I don't. I'm like a bird. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I've never been faced with that question before, and it's and yeah, thinking so, on it, I just don't. I, no. I, and I guess. Having a relationship with me, um, who it was you who helped me figure out that I feel like I'm I'm a I'm fox, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. not just puppy. Like, do but you I, do you think about that at all? Like, not really. But I suppose I I see myself more as a handler than okay. I do as yeah. like I don't feel like I have a fursona. Okay. I don't feel and like that, it's I don't think you have to. There are times that it can get animalistic between us, but that doesn't. That doesn't equate to animal behavior, animal feeling to right, me. Right, right. Um, it's just a intensity, a gurness, something that just is. But yeah, I would say that I feel more like a handler and that I, I very much feel like I have that responsibility and that I need to take care of you and what are your needs? I need to make sure that they're met. Like your job is making sure that I'm safe. And yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's important because I, like, I can tell you if I'm collared, I need a handler. Like, if I'm yeah. not focused on something, I, I know, I know me well enough as an animal to know that I'm going to get myself in some sort of trouble. <laughs> like, and I'm going to do something stupid. And that's either going to be something stupid where I hurt myself. Actually, that's it. I'm going to do something stupid where I hurt myself. Um, either by playing or by just risky behavior. Neglect at all or just risky? Risky. Okay. Yeah, risky. Because, yeah, I, I just know me. Um, but I think it's important for people to hear that, like, if, if you, 
to not feel like you have to be an animal to feel like being a handler is enough. Yeah. And like a handler's job is extremely important. Uh, yeah. And, and I, I love that you're my handler. I love that I can trust you. We've been talking about it recently. There's a couple of parties we're looking at going to yeah. in which I'm going to be collared and on a leash and I will be in full animal there's a bit of trepidation now. It's funny because I know me. I'll be freaking out in the cab ride there. And then the second you put the collar on me, I'll be fine. Yeah. But I still freak out about the cab ride there. I'm yeah. basically an animal that I need. I don't, I don't ride. I don't ride in cars. Well. <laughs> uh, but we'll be there with my boyfriend mm-hmm. and his husband mm-hmm. and like the number of people who I am comfortable. And we, you and I have already had this conversation. The number of people who I'm comfortable holding my leash is very short. Yes. That's and a very and short we've list. talked about this because admittedly, I, I don't feel comfortable giving the leash over to really anyone. You are comfortable with the boyfriend having it. Yes, both boyfriends. Mm, yes, but I, yeah. at the same time, I guess because I don't know, I I have shocker uh, trust issues. Um, <laughs> but I would only really trust even them as much as I trust them. I yeah. only trust them with it. Short term. Yeah. So like if I have to go pee and I don't want you to go to the bathroom with me, which I don't know why that would happen, but whatever. Um, but or something like that. But yeah, I don't, I wouldn't give it over long term, but it is interesting because the only other time that you've really been colored out and about in public, I'm going to say quote unquote public was desire. Passion in paradise. You, you True. let, you let Lola okay. Lady hold me. Yes. Which, and of course she, she's yes. very good with animals. She has a long, and sure. she's also good with you. Yes. She can read you. Her she knows resume you. with animals is very yeah. long. And yeah. And her resume with you is quite long. Yes, yeah, it's true, true. So yes, so that's there's, true. There's a trust there. Yes. Yeah, so Lola lady, I do trust with you. But those have been very safe, insulated environments. And one of the parties that we're talking about going to is a fetish, is a kink party. And it's at a place where they do have some pet things from time to time, but at the same time is also, yeah. I would say, more BDSM, rope heavy, that kind of thing. So it is going to be a different environment. It's going to be different than what you've done at Desire and Passion. But I still think it's, it's important for you, important for us. And, and it's just kind of, it's just what we want to do. And yeah. so yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. But I also know that you are going to be freaking out on the cab ride. Yeah. I'm mean, the cab ride's not going to be pleasant yeah. for any of us. Yeah. Um like I'm really excited to go to this party, but I am I like I can feel myself stressed out right now mm-hmm. even thinking about it. But I, like, And I afterwards know. though, I'm sure. I'm sure it'll be amazing. It'll be great. It yeah. will be great. Yeah. But um yeah. Mhm. It's just uh Know thyself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, uh, so there we go. We've we've managed to fill a full hour with. Wow, uh, has it been already? Yeah, we've filled a full hour with persona talk. Wow, uh, and and yeah, it's I, I love it. It makes me feel. I think it's an experience for me that makes me feel more like myself. It ranks up there the sex, which I was unexpected, and and the my reaction to that sex was unexpected mm. was some it it ranks in the top 10 if not top 5 sexual experiences of my life and i think it all boils down to again that 
sort of letting go of everything and focusing only on your partner. Yeah. And like, well, I know not we just constant- your partner, but yourself. Honestly, no, I wasn't thinking about me. I was thinking about, I mean, it's, I guess that's weird. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Cause I was thinking about what I want, but what I want is to have my nose buried so far into your pussy that I can like see your cervix. Uh, I mean, that's basically what I wanted. Did it look normal? Is it okay? I don't know. I just <laughs> had my eyes closed. <laughs> and honestly, would I know what a normal cervix looks like? And the answer is no. Um, I know that you have a cervix and mm-hmm. I know where it is. Um, that is my knowledge. Of- <laughs> <laughs> I was more interested in how you tasted. And you taste fine. Uh-huh. I think you're okay. healthy. Okay. Uh, you do not taste like blue cheese. <laughs> well, that's good. Thank God. <laughs> more of a Gruyere. <laughs> kidding. Well, I was um, hoping for Parmesan. Uh, come on, bear. Come on, bear. <laughs> <laughs> come on, bear. Come on, bear. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... It was, it was good. And I mean, I think if it, if it's not been said already, it should be said. Thank you very much for giving me the permission space to, to be a strange fox boy, uh, who loves you with all of his heart. And I love strange fox boy. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's our podcast for this week. Uh, if, like, if you have questions, I, not, you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if you have questions, uh, for me or for Angela about either the animal persona or, or for being a handler or how we deal with this in our day to day lives. Or if you uh, want to help understand it better, like by all means, yeah, send us yeah, your questions if, because or I, your I know statements. That, if you, yeah. if you are an animal of some sort or a handler and mm. you want, you don't think that we were clear enough on something, like let us know. We're mm-hmm. the, the more we get into this, the more I'm passionate about it. And I, I think it's important that people are able to, to pet play. Yeah. And if, like I said, if you do have questions or comments or you want something clarified or just kind of expounded upon, let us know and we'll definitely address it in a future podcast. Yes. Because it's something that we definitely don't mind talking about and, and we're still very much exploring and kind of figuring it out and, and going along the way, but more than happy to, to kind of give you our experiences and thoughts and, yeah. and how that goes for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, admittedly, we, we aren't professionals here. We, uh, are just kind of paving, paving the way ourselves, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's, it's been fun so far. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, send us your messages, the atoms of love at gmail.com or on any of our social medias. That's Instagram. That's Facebook and Twitter. We are at by the by podcast. If you want to support us, we are on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash by the podcast. Like, like they don't have a lot of animal stuff, but the geeky sex toys people, mm-hmm. they do have a rocket. Uh, if you're watching, if you're Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy fan, if you, you can have a rocket butt plug. I know that if you feel more Pokemon-y, they have a Pokemon butt plug. Uh, yeah, they have all kinds of stuff. Just check them out. If you're a geek and, and dildos, and yes, all like kinds of stuff. Yeah. Dildos and ball gags and butt plugs. Oh my. Uh, it's, <laughs> fucking amazing but uh use checkout code by the by and uh yeah you'll get five percent off and they do ship worldwide Mm -hmm. uh if you're going to desire we will have some of their product with us to give away as freebies you know come listen to us do our live 
podcast there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it'll be great. We, we love giving away good shit, and they have the best shit. Yes. Cool. Oh. Any other final thoughts that you want to say? No. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Right. Oh, hello. I didn't see you there. I'm Dylan Thomas, co-host of Life on the Swing Set, the podcast. We share our experiences in swinging, polyamory, and beyond. You're listening to a Swingset Network podcast at swingset.fm. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 